All right, let's bring in our quarterback, Chad Pennington. Chad, Bryce Petty made his second NFL start against the San Francisco 49ers, admitted he was nervous early, threw an interception on his first pass out on the West Coast, was sacked four times in the first half, six times overall. But I'll tell you what, he was gritty in the end as the Jets overcame an 11-point fourth-quarter deficit. What did you like most about Petty's start as the Jets moved to 4-9? Well, Eric, I was happy to see the intangibles. I think the intangibles are things that, as a staff, they're hard to evaluate and, and, and certainly not only evaluate but uh, teach and coach. You can't coach those intangibles. And so you can coach fundamentals. You can coach scheme, X's and O's. You can't coach intangibles. And so I was uh, really proud to see how Bryce Petty fought through the adversity and fought through the ugly start. Um, the game couldn't have gone any worse for the Jets as a team or for him. It reminded you of the Monday night game against the Colts. Uh, but Bryce uh, showed moxie. He showed fire. He showed grit. He showed determination. And I think that energy and synergy from Bryce bled over into the team late into the game and allowed the Jets to come back and, and score the victory, which I think is important. Yes, they're 4-9. Yes, they're not going to the playoffs. But right now, from evaluation purposes, you want to see what your team is made of and how they're facing adversity. And it was good to see Bryce and the team face that adversity and overcome it. I think that's a really big positive to build on. Everybody's got a different definition for it, but what does it mean to you when a guy, a young quarterback, says he was nervous? Is that just meaning – uh, he wasn't seeing things uh, very well there early in the game because uh, emotionally he was on such a high and he wanted to do so many good things? I think, first of all, nerves come from uh, the desire to play well and to impress. Uh, Bryce knows that he's uh, on an audition right now and that his lifeline as a Jet quarterback uh, is on audition, and, and he's being evaluated for that. And so uh, you have those nerves because, first of all, you want to play well. I don't think it's something that where you're scared. You just want to play well, and sometimes having those nerves uh, can make you uh, tentative. Um, it can cause you to make a bad decision here or there uh, because you're a little bit hesitant or you're second-guessing yourself. And then once you get into the flow of it, now you're just reacting and playing. And that's what happened to him. Uh, the newness of another start, uh, game day, it's all different. It's completely different than preseason, completely different than practice. It's just different because the adrenaline's pumping. It now really, really means something. And you're on the road for the first time as a starter. So all of those things, just part of being a human being, learning how to deal with those things and trying to settle down as quickly as possible and just realize that it's just another football game and it's just about uh, executing uh, your job. Where is he right now in terms of pocket awareness? You know when people say six sacks, a lot of folks are just going to say, well, it was the offensive line's fault. You know as a guy who's been out there, and I know since I've been in the locker room for so long, is that you know blocking extends beyond that. Guys got to get open. The tight ends are part of this deal. So are the running backs. And then ultimately the quarterback's responsible for getting the ball out on time. Uh, what did you see from Petty in terms of pocket awareness? Well, from my perspective, I think those six sacks uh, were um, a 
combination of factors. Uh, sometimes they were coverage sacks. Sometimes they were offensive line issues. Sometimes they were quarterback issues. So uh, they all went hand-in-hand hand to produce a total of six sacks. Uh, his ability to escape, we were able to see that. He made some big plays, not necessarily with his feet down the field, but escaping the pocket and extending the play, being able to make down the field throws. That was uh, good to see. Uh, his pocket awareness, uh, for the most part, uh, was good. Uh, it wasn't excellent, but it wasn't poor or terrible either. Some of those uh, times that he was sacked, he didn't have a chance uh, because it, it happened so fast and your, your eyes uh, are down the field. And the good thing is is that some of those sacks, I would be more concerned if he was running away from those sacks early uh, because I know that his eyes would not be down the field. Some of those sacks happen because it happens to you uh, so quickly where you're focused down the field, you don't have a chance to react. And so when he's taking a sack because his eyes are down the field and he's really honed in on his read, that's okay to me. That's where the protection uh, has to be better. That's where the route running has to be better uh, for the quarterback to get the ball out of his hand. So uh, I did not see that as a glaring weakness. Let's talk about two plays here. Uh, how impressed were you by the running uh, the two-point conversion run, Jets down 17-12 late in the ball game. Of course, they go for two. And they ended up needing that because Nick Folk's 50-yarder sent this game into overtime. But uh, Bilal Paul told Bryce before the snap, hey, you might have to be ready to tuck it here. And he certainly did. He got in. And then when we talk about Moxie, how about the throw in overtime to Robbie Anderson where, as you just mentioned, if you watch the replay, Petty kept his eyes down the field the whole time. So when he's rolling left, he never took his eyes off the field. He never looked down, rolls left, and a lot of people said he threw across his body. But actually, he threw it across his body a little bit, but he squared up when he threw that ball in a one-on-one -on -one situation to a guy he trusts in Robbie Anderson. I think that if that's a veteran making that play, uh, everyone feels a little bit more comfortable. When it's a younger player making that play, they get nervous. Uh, I agree. It was not technically a complete uh, across-the-body, across-the-field throw. Bryce Petty's on the left sideline. The throw's completed around the left numbers. That's only about 12 yards from sideline to numbers. So uh, that's not that big of a deal. I was impressed that he extended the play. And then going to his left, he got his shoulders back around, set his feet, and made an accurate throw to obviously a receiver that he trusts. Uh, we've seen that now uh, with Bryce being under center. He trusts Robbie Anderson, and that's important. Um, and that's where you can see uh, the game of football is about that trust that you have in your teammates. It's not about necessarily the X's and O's sometimes. It's just about, I know this guy's going to make a play. And Robbie Anderson has made plays for Bryce, and you can see that he trusts him in that instance. Uh, the other thing you're talking about with the two-point conversion, that's the grit. That's the determination. That's the fire in your belly, so to speak, um, that you have to have. And, and he showed that. And that was nice to see. And uh, let's not forget Nick Folk. That, that was a big-time field goal uh, to be able to make that in San Francisco. Uh, it was a game where most fans don't think that it matters to be able to go in there and make that kick and put that game into overtime. Uh, you know, kudos to him for making that kick. Yeah, Petty made a number of plays that jumped out to me. I think in the first half, his best throw was actually a little out route to Robbie Anderson where, Chad, he threw the ball before the receiver broke, 
And as you know, that's what you have to do in the National Football League uh, is get that ball out and have trust that your guy is going to be there. And as he settled into that ball game on that key drive when they were down 17-6, to well before Bilal Powell got into the end zone the first time and Petty cashed in with the two-point conversion, there was a third down, third and three, where he picks up three to Robbie Anderson. Then there was the fourth down play that I think a lot of people forget that that pocket was closing in on him, and he kind of used his feet, didn't panic, and found Teron Peak for a big fourth down conversion. And then finally, how about the Jets had five catches from their tight ends of Petty's 23 completions, including uh, that one on that same drive to Austin Safarian Jenkins, where he told me in a locker room that, hey, you know, I was mad I didn't uh, score, but he actually converted his second and 12. So, I just threw a lot at you there, but uh, there were there were a number of plays from Bryce that I think you can look at and say, well, they stand out, and that has the look of something you can build off of. Uh, it does, and the reason that it does is because it wasn't about the scheme or the X's and O's. The fourth down play, uh, that was an extension play. Playing overtime was an extension play. Um, the grittiness with the two-point play. All of those things, uh, San Francisco had good defense on all of those plays, but yet Bryce and his teammates were able to still make plays. And so that's important. That's what you're trying to find when you're evaluating the young quarterback is uh, can he help us out? Can he bail us out in situations where, quite frankly, the defense does have us covered? Uh, They should win that down, but they don't because of the athleticism and the moxie of the quarterback. And that's what separates as you – get older as a quarterback that's what separates the great ones from the not so great ones and so uh you know no one including myself is ready to crown him next year starter or saying that he can play another 10 years in this league but at the same time uh you were uh excited about what you did see uh the little bit in the in the end of the game uh, to be able to bring the Jets back to win what do you want to see from him this week as he makes his third start now second at home against the Miami Dolphins. Chan Gailey, the Jets' offensive coordinator, was asked about it yesterday, and you won't be surprised by this. Uh, He said, I want him to get more comfortable, get more confident, read better. Basically, and then he said everything. (laughs) So, obviously, that's where a coach is at, and Bryce would be the first one to tell you. I can improve in every area, but specifically, Chad, for a Jets fan, and, and the way you watch a game, what do you want to see from him now as he uh, takes another step forward? I want to see two things. Uh, first of all, I want to see uh, Bryce and the offense get off to a better start um, because that will tell me that he is getting more comfortable uh, and that he is making progress and improvement on making those reads and, and being in sync uh, with the things he's being asked to do. Um, that hap- if that happens earlier, now you can really see the progress being made. Secondly, I want to see him make more passes and not throws. You alluded to uh, the one pass where he let it go early to Robbie Anderson on an out route. I want to see more of those type passes because that is a pass. A throw, if somebody's wide open, they've already broken, they're sitting down in a hole, uh, even I can still get it there. But <laughs> a pass, is, is one that is thrown on time with accuracy, may have to be over a defender, 
early and the, and the receiver comes into the hole, the anticipation of it all, uh, taking a little bit of uh, mustard off the ball and adding just some zip and some touch, all those little things that you want to see that are true passes and it's something that you have to be able to do as a quarterback to survive and thrive in the NFL. Fascinating matchup this weekend as the Dolphins come to town Saturday night. They're in the playoff hunt. They're now going to Matt Moore because Ryan Tannehill suffered a knee injury, and he's going to be out at least a couple weeks. We'll have to see if he's able to return this season. But the Jets feel like they let one slip away from them in Miami early in the year. But this is a totally different ball game. Both teams are playing different quarterbacks with Bryce Petty and Matt Moore now at the controls. Ironically, Chad, this is Matt Moore's first start since the final game of the 2011 season, who at that time, yeah, Matt Moore was playing for a Miami Dolphins-led team uh, by Jets head coach Todd Bowles, who was an interim head coach in Miami in 2011. And then earlier that season, uh, Matt Moore actually started at MetLife Stadium, and the Jets beat him 24-6. to The Dolphins won that last game. But this guy hasn't started a, a ball game. In uh, five years, Todd Bowles definitely has a lot of respect for Matt Moore. Uh, like I said, lined up with him back in uh, 2011. Um, but w- before we talk about Moore, because you'll have some insight uh, on him, I, I want to ask you about Bilal Powell. Uh, unbelievable game, uh, no denying. 145 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Um, uh, obviously, the game winner in overtime. He also helped out on the receiving end. Right now, he's got 78 carries on the year. He's averaging 5.8 yards a pop, and he's this team's, the Jets' third leading receiver in terms of receptions with 42. What do you make of a lot of people now, fans saying, this guy is great, we got to get him the ball more? Well, he is great. I would not deny that at all. But I think you have to be very careful. Uh, fans underestimate the punishment that running backs take uh, throughout their career. And the reason that he's been able to be so successful for the Jets for six years uh, is because uh, of the limited touches. And it's similar to a Darren Sproles, where uh, you want to have just enough of Darren Sproles but not too much, not only for himself, but also for who you're playing. Because the more you see of a player, the more accustomed and acclimated they get to that player. And so that's part of the X factor that a guy like Sproles or Powell brings to the table, is that you don't see him every down. Uh, but when you look at his touches, his touches are extremely effective. Uh, you know, close to 100 touches in rushing, uh, 40 something receptions, and, and he's playing even more than that. That's just touches alone. So. His presence is certainly being felt. Uh, he's been extremely productive, but you just cannot overuse a player like Bilal Powell because then you lose his productivity and effectiveness, and you you use him up too quickly. Uh, what do you anticipate we're going to see from uh, Matt Moore, and how you approach this if you're Todd Bowles? You know this guy very well. Uh, he's a consummate professional, and that's why he's been able to stay in the league for so long, but he is making his first start in five years. Well, no question. Uh, you know, Matt Moore has been a staple in Miami for quite some time now, and he has actually provided some stability there uh, with turnover and staff. He's been able to help Tanny Hill in the quarterback room provide stability there as they went through different coordinators and coaches. 
And so that's that's been very important for the Dolphins, and Matt Moore has brought that to the Dolphins. I think playing Matt Moore, you have to understand that you're not going in playing against the young guy. Uh, you're not going to just completely confuse him or do any of that that you would against a young player. Uh, you have to approach as if you were playing against an everyday starter. But with Matt Moore, you know that he does have a gunslinger mentality. He may take a couple more chances than Ryan Tannehill would take. And so the defense will have an opportunity to make some plays and possibly get some turnovers. And that's one thing that I'm looking for from the defense is to have a few turnovers. Uh, the turnover barrel has been dry uh, for the last few weeks and really for the entire season has not been where you'd want it to be. And so uh, you would like to see that happen this week. Is there anything the head coach can do? You mentioned it with Petty. You want to see him and the offense come out and start faster. Well, both sides of the ball – and special teams, for that matter, got to start faster. If you're Todd Bowles, who's seen it all, as both as a player and as an assistant, now he's in his second year as an NFL head coach, is there anything uh, you can say to the guys beyond repeating the importance of it? Is there anything you can do to help that process along? Absolutely. I think the focus this week is is building on – uh, the victory in San Francisco and showing consistency, uh, not showing the roller coaster ride that this season has been. And these last four games can show uh, some of that consistency and and have players prove to the staff that they deserve to be there for 2017 and that they're getting better, they're improving, they're creating more consistent play and a better product on the field. That to me is what uh, this game, as well as the next two after this game, is all about. Is it's not even about being a professional football player. It's just about being a man and being a professional and being as consistent as you can be and prove as much as you can and not let any opportunity slip by to get a win. It's extremely important to win football games. Uh, that builds confidence. It breeds success. It, it builds momentum. And quite frankly, it puts good film out there for you as an individual. That is a good thing all the way around, even if you're not going to be a Jet. So I think that's what this boils down to, and you would like to see this team capitalize upon the momentum that they gained in the fourth quarter against the 49ers and take that into this game against the Dolphins and come away with a win. You as a player, do you really think to yourself, it's somewhere in the back of your mind with the preparation and after the good feelings of getting a victory over the 49ers and looking ahead to hopefully getting your second consecutive win, is it on your mind to knock – the Dolphins out of this playoff race? Um, I think it's just on your mind to win. Um, Who cares about the other team or what they have going on? It's just on your mind to win. It's just such a better feeling uh, for the team, for yourself as an individual, to come in Monday morning after a win and actually feel good about the hard work that you put in. It's so deflating to work so hard from Monday to Saturday and then you have to come back in the following Monday morning uh, with the result that you didn't want. Uh, that's just deflating, and that's difficult for anybody to deal with, and especially in the NFL because that's all it is about is wins and losses. Uh, we're talking about livelihoods. We're talking about families being fed here, and so you want to win and you want to have that feeling. And, you know, uh, my argument here is I hosted Inside the Jets with Larry Hardesty on ESPN Radio Monday night. We do that each and every week. 
and we also stream live on NewYorkChess.com, and one of our guests was Quincy Anunwa. And I looked at the camera, and I said, hey, and I looked back at Quincy, and I said, Quincy, what round were you drafted in? And he said, sixth. And I'm like, yeah, and you've been cut before, right? And you've been on a practice squad. So my point was, the two captains, did you find it symbolic, the two captains he had out, Todd Bowles had out, in San Francisco were both the aforementioned Quincy Inunua and then Mike McKagan's uh, first overall pick, which was Leonard Williams, of course, because those guys figure to be cornerstones or your future, and they also bring a professional approach, and they're young players. But my point about the draft uh, a bit, to bring this all the way around, is who cares about your draft order right now? You have to continue to develop guys like Quincy Anunua. Who is the next Quincy Anunua on this team? And I'm excited a little bit. I got to tell you, to be honest with you, when I'm watching guys out there like Darren Lee make some mistakes uh, on some of those gashes early against the 49ers, the first uh, round pick last year, but he comes back in the game and he's learning from his mistakes. Uh, tremendous athleticism. Jordan Jenkins picked up his first career half sack last week, a third-round pick out of Georgia. Justin Burris got his first extended action on defense. He's also a draft pick, a guy who they want to see more this week, Chad. Then you go on the offensive side of the ball, uh, you can talk about all these young guys who've been forced into action this year because the Jets have dealt with injuries. But now we're seeing some of them develop. Wesley Johnson playing at center, doing a fine job, I think. We might have to see Brandon Shell. He could start. He's a fifth-round pick. He could start at right tackle this week. And then at the wide receiver position, the Jets carried three rookies this year. Robbie Anderson's the guy getting the big numbers right now. But don't forget about Peek, who made the fourth-down conversion. So my point, and I'm being long-winded, and I have a lot of enthusiasm here, is Player development can come from a first-round pick, like Leonard Williams, who was considered the top overall guy on many people's draft boards, but it also can come from Quincy Anunua, and it also can come from an undrafted free agent like Robbie Anderson. So these games are all important, and I don't think if you're a fan right now, there is no Andrew Luck coming out in the draft, okay? That's just my opinion. You got, you just got to enjoy it watching these guys now, and then we'll handle the draft in April. Well, exactly, and and the draft only matters to two people. It matters to the person being drafted because that is difference in money, and it matters to the owner who has to pay the money. <laughs> Other than that, when it comes to evaluation, the great thing about the NFL, it doesn't matter where you were picked, uh, where you went in the draft, whether or not you were free. That has nothing to do with anything. It is about production. That is it. So that's why your complete evaluation process is so important. And um, when you're talking about rookies, you know, most of the time in this league, when you do draft these rookies, you're only really expecting some quality uh, production, but really you're hoping that they avoid disasters more than that they produce for you as rookies because you know it's such a high learning curve. The only two rookies you've heard about this year – essentially in the NFL, are two people, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. That's it. You really haven't heard about other rookies, so to speak, on a consistent basis because most of the time rookie performances are up and down, and that's to be expected. And so for organizations, when they have these 
high-priced rookies. They want to they they make sure that uh, they set the expectation level correctly. That they want to make sure that there's solid production there, but most importantly, we don't have complete disasters, and we see that we have a foundation to build upon. And so th- that's important. So your whole evaluation process, really, your evaluation process is more important for your third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round draft picks and your free agents more than it is with the first and second round. Those guys get scrutinized so much. Uh, you could pick anybody and, and have a, have a decent player or have a shot at having a decent player, but your later round guys, that's where the depth of your team and your quality of your team comes from. Well said. Enjoyed it. We're getting uh, some snow up north. I hope you guys are staying warm down south. We we are cold. We <laughs> are cold, and we are kind of mimicking uh, your weather except for the snow. So I'll, I will not be bringing any warm weather with me this weekend. <laughs> Chad, uh, we look forward to seeing that at MetLife Stadium.